Hello and welcome to another Perusia podcast. It's a special show today. I have live in the studio uh, an award-winning actress, a former model, a singer, a TV host, author, speaker. The list goes on and on and on. We're going to learn a lot about her and she's released and on a book tour in Australia about this latest book, Master of the Pieces. It's none other than Joelle Marin and she joins me live in Sydney, Australia. Hello, Joelle. How Hi, are you? Hi, Chevelle. <laughs> it's great to have you in person. I know. It's, it's a dream come true, a dream that God placed in our hearts and, yes. and brought to fruition. So. Praise God. Uh, yeah. We first met over on Zoom, I guess, so it was a couple yeah. of years ago. Just It was in the heat of COVID and, yeah. um, and we, we, it, I think it, we hit it off. I think it just felt like uh, we, we felt like we knew each other for a long time, but it was our oh, first yeah. meeting and uh, we thought we got to work together and do the, more. The first time I met you, I was like, I just felt like you were my brother, you know? <laughs> my brother from another mother. <laughs> it Our felt lady, like right? that, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was amazed just hearing your story, what you've been through. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, we're going to talk about the story, but uh, we, you know, you, if part of the rosary pilgrimage, I remember you were there. Yes. Uh, we've, we've, so we've prayed a rosary together <laughs> uh, for the world to see. Yeah. Uh, we've interviewed you online and Zoom, but I still feel it wasn't like what we've experienced this week. This week has been very unique and really privileged to, to witness yeah. you speaking to so many different people, different audiences, different age groups. Yes. And just seeing their, um, the lights go on, their hearts changed, uh, the transformations happening. So it's testimony to not just your story, but the way you deliver it, um, your love for God, it just, it just comes through. So I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I got to witness a bit of that before we've had this interview, just to let you know and let the viewers know, please, uh, Go out and see this woman when she speaks, and anyone in Australia need to need to see her. Uh, congratulations on the book as well. So, Thank what a journey! You. You're making me cry, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's emotional, I think, to be here and um, you know to finally release the book after four years wow. of writing and just um, the people that I've met and the stories I've gotten to hear already has been really moving. So, yeah, it may continue, yeah. and this is only the beginning. This is what's exciting. Yeah. Um, the book uh, that I'm holding in my hands, uh, Master of the Pieces, this is a brilliant book. Um, Thank you. I don't say that lightly, and, and I'm not saying it because you're here. <laughs> it's, it's unique because when I, the moment you open it, um, it right away draws the reader in. Mm -hmm. And you already are turning the attention. It's, it's almost like you, we, we're coming to read about your story, but mm -hmm. you're very quickly flipping it to the reader. Yeah. It's a very powerful method. Um, and it drew me in and uh, just, you can't put it down. I, I want to congratulate you on that as well. It's a very unique testimony, um, but a, a very unique style of testimony, the way you've written it. Yeah. And it, it feels, was that deliberate? When you started to put your words to, to paper, did, <laughs> did you know that you wanted to do it this way or did you just sort of develop it over, over, over time? Yeah, I think, well, when I first started the book, I, I felt, so many people are like, you need to write a book, you need to yes. put this in a book. And after you hear it enough times, I felt a responsibility to it, and then through spiritual direction and prayer. Uh, but I didn't know how to write. I've never written a book before. <laughs> and so I actually spoke the book. And um, I just, whatever poured out. And as I was speaking, I noticed that af at the end of telling my story, I had a message to give. And so it, I think it just naturally started to pour out that way. But then as I put it on paper, over, it took four years, it kept, it's almost like the Holy Spirit would keep inspiring me 
add this scripture, add this verse, you know. And so it, I wish I could tell you, I just wrote this book in a day <laughs> or a week or two weeks, but it really did evolve. And I, and it, it didn't feel done for a while. It felt like, and I had to step away from it for some time because it is, uh, it is a very painful book. But yeah. I think what the Holy Spirit revealed to me through the writing of it, um, even those, those painful pieces hurt so much, by the end of the book, I always felt more put back together again. And I really hope that that's what it does for the reader, that it brings them through those broken pieces, through those you know, tarnished memories, and lets God redeem and restore them so that by the end of the book, they've given him all their stuff. And now the memory that maybe were bad memories have now been purified and now you know, have Christ shining through them. Wow, wow. It, it, it's, 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 it is a master in itself. It's a masterpiece. Um, <laughs> But before I dive into it, I want to really uh, unpack the book itself. Sure. But the way, you, um, the way you've written it was we, you take us straight to the moment of that encounter, the moment of that, that, the change in your life. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk about, can we start there? Can we start? Um, <laughs> just could you take us back to Absolutely. that day, that moment? Um, what happened? You were, on the, you were on the mountaintop. You were... You're a celebrity. Uh, you're mixing with different celebrities. You had it all. You've ticked all the boxes. Can you talk about sure. everything changed that day? <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's amazing because to the world, it looked like I had it all. I just thought, mm -hmm. if I have this, I'll be happy. You know, if I have that, I'll be happy. And so I had two beach houses. You know, I would lay in my bed and look like I'm floating on the ocean wow. and a dream house in Texas with an Italian gated courtyard. And, you know, I had um, my own cook. I had a nanny. I had um, someone to buy my groceries. I had celebrity friends, like it was just check, 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 check. Yes. And I could tell you I had absolutely nothing. Um, but I didn't know what was missing in my life. So I just thought like the next thing was gonna fill that void, you know, and it, but it just never did. So I find myself flying out to Los Angeles for this dream come true photo shoot. And I now own a cosmetic company because I thought I was gonna save the world through makeup and realized quickly <laughs> that's just not the way. Although some women will tell me, uh, said the problem in your life is not how you draw your eyeliner on and they're like oh no that's my problem <laughs> and i said well maybe one of your problems but that's not their real problem you know because those things just don't satisfy yes. and so i flew out there for this photo shoot it looked like this mountaintop moment i'm on top of a rooftop in hollywood with the hollywood sign behind me this four thousand dollar dress on and there's a moment in the shoot, I'm now the CEO of this cosmetic company and now the face of the company, so I'm back into the modeling scene and all that. Yes. And I'm looking in uh, the compact mirror during the photo shoot and I'll never forget seeing the image coming back at me because it looked glamorous. It looked like what the world said was gonna buy me happiness. And I felt so broken and so lost inside because I hadn't said a real prayer in so many years. So I just, I left the, the shoot that day just kind of with this realization of I have nothing everything that I thought was going to make me feel. I thought this this photo shoot was going to be it, you know, and, mm. and getting back into modeling, and it didn't. And so I spent that night with celebrities on Rodeo Drive and hanging out and uh, serious temptations, and some of that's yeah. in the book. I'm not going to get into everything. But I finally, by the grace of God, found my way back to my hotel room about 2 o'clock in the morning in West Hollywood, so I'm in this fancy hotel room. And I'm on the shower floor just weeping and crying for hours. I don't even know how many hours I was in there, just pouring my heart out for the first time in so many years, a true prayer, very simple, Lord, I need you. I have no idea who I am. I have no idea why I'm here. I, I, you know, just completely lost, Lord, I need you. Yeah. 
And I didn't know my grandmother had been praying the rosary for me for 12 years, or mo even more than that. I was away 12 years. But she prayed four rosaries every single day and the Divine Mercy Chaplet every day and praying that I'd return back to the Lord and to the Catholic Church. And so I think it just took, I mean, I prayed prayers. I thought okay. I was Christian. You were born a Catholic. You were born, born, born yeah. and raised okay. Catholic, yeah. But I, my prayers were so selfish, you know, up until this point. Mm -hmm. It was, Lord, I want this. I want that. Give me this. Give me that. I want to work with this celebrity. Okay, see you later. Bye-bye. Like he was my personal assistant. Um, and it wasn't getting me very far in life. And, but this moment of grace where I finally just said, Lord, I need you. I think all those prayers that my grandparents prayed for me, all that grace like rushed in at that moment. And I knew something had begun in my heart, but I didn't know exactly what it was. And when I returned back home to uh, Austin, Texas, and I was just wide awake, walking through my bathroom on the way to my closet, and I literally saw my entire life just flash before my eyes. I was in utter shock, like just stopped dead in my tracks. I literally fell to the ground because I saw all my sins in full light, and I didn't even know I was in sin. I saw who followed me, who followed them, who followed them, like the ripple effect of sin and, and what it does. I had no idea. And it was shown to me like I had this left column with all my sins, and it was filled. I mean, yeah. just this intense, and I don't sugarcoat this part for anybody because it's so painful when you see that you haven't lived how you were supposed to. And again, sin desensitized me, it blinded me. I didn't know, I just knew I was empty. That was the feeling, mm -hmm. like I was lost, but I, I didn't know how to be found. And then I was shown my good column, which was to the right, which was supposed to be where all the gifts and graces and talents I had been given was supposed to lead people to Christ and build the kingdom. Honestly, it was empty. Like I just saw, it was shown to me like a line, like a, like you didn't love. Wow. And it was the pain, you know, of the selfishness that I had, that I was so into materialism, so into myself, it was me, 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 that I realized that real, true love gives of oneself, and it gives what you have for a greater purpose and a greater good, and I hadn't done that. And the awareness of that, there's no human word that describes the pain. And then I was shown that this good column actually weighed more than my worst sin, and it crushed it. It was like, it would have crushed it, but there was nothing in it. I didn't know scripture. I didn't know love covers a multitude of sins. I didn't know what this experience was. Um, it took me years to find out uh, some uh, saints and people um, have called it an illumination of some sort, an illumination of your soul, an illumination of conscience. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how we can truly label something like this, but it is in the catechism, which of course I didn't know, uh, that at the hour of our death we will be judged on love and you know how do we serve the Lord in our time on this earth and St. John of the Cross says in the evening of life we'll be judged on love alone and I saw that and St. Faustina had it happen and says yes. now St. Faustina was a saint <laughs> I want to be very clear I had nowhere to go but up I was given this grace as an act of mercy um, not because I earned anything and isn't that the coolest thing about God you don't have to earn his love or his mercy it's for all of us but even St. Faustina said, who could stand before the thrice holy God? Now, what in the world did she have on her soul, <laughs> you know, to say something like that? So you could just imagine what mine looked like and, and the pain of that. Wow, wow. It, so there, there's, it's, I see almost two moments here. There's two yeah. moments. There's that, that moment of you looking in the mirror mm -hmm. and, and, and then realizing that, that emptiness. Um, yeah. Can you, up until that point, you had it all. Surely there was a, you, you were at least, were you not enjoying um, what the world says uh, for a short time? Was it enjoyable? And then was it that moment that just sort of said, am I truly happy? Like, what was it, 
you would have had great times, great moments, um, yeah. impacting people, uh, having fun. What was it about when you saw yourself? Um, was That was the first time that's ever happened to you? So that, that moment of, I don't recognize myself? No, no, I, I would say I was completely miserable inside and wow. hiding behind mask after mask after wow. mask, like layer after layer after layer. To get to that um, place, I had a lot of broken pieces, you know, starting with a very tragic childhood and a tragic yes. house fire. And so by the time I got to this mountaintop moment, I didn't know who I was. I call it a spiritual amnesia, which I believe it or not, I think the whole world has <laughs> spiritual amnesia. Yeah, we forgot absolutely. we're children of God. This loss of identity where you just, you've been hurt so much that you just don't let anybody close. You know, I, I appeared fearless, I appeared powerful, I appeared mm -hmm. confident, um, I appeared like I had everything, but inside I was dying. Inside I felt insecure and inadequate and like I could never, you know, find happiness. There, I really was not happy. Yes, it looked that way. Yes, mm -hmm. I smiled for the cameras, but that true inner joy, that true peace, you know, I had no peace. And wow. I think that's really key. If we're following God's will, you could be going through trials and have different fires and things happen in your life, but you have peace. I didn't have that. Wow. I'd, I'd love to address yeah. that, that topic uh, a bit later on, but, but what that means for yeah. the world today. Because how many of us are in that position? How many of yeah. us see ourselves in that way? Mm -hmm. That we have all the, all the things that we want that the world tells us, and yeah. are we truly happy? Yeah. And that's what we want to ask every single day. Is it, do I know sure. my purpose in life? Yeah. Now, so how was it? How long after that you had that um, the time in the bathroom, and then then you went home? Mm -hmm. Was it like was that days or weeks or? Yeah, it was within the week. Within the same and week. it was okay. eleven years ago this month on wow, my birthday. It was that. probably today. I mean, honestly, like wow. if I were to look back at my calendar, I should actually know the date. It's yeah. probably it's like this week. I wouldn't be surprised. So, it, so it is interesting <laughs> that the book is launching on the eleven-year yes. anniversary of this experience. Wow! Wow! Yeah. It is uh, Joelle's birthday as well, so happy birthday <laughs> Thank you. Um, in the States. So we're in two time zones, so we're in Australia. We've got to celebrate you, twice. <laughs> absolutely. So um, yeah. praise God. And I love uh, you're always 33. That's it. Yes. That's it. It's the perfect yeah. age. I just <laughs> picked that number because yeah. Jesus died at 33. So love it. I'll just be 33 it. forever. So now um, you've, you've come back home and you've seen these two columns. You've, you've, you've seen both. That, that is what a gift that is because uh, I wonder if many of us realize our sin which sometimes we don't and it's, it's I had no idea I had no idea um, tell yeah. us then can we just touch on what happened after that so sure. I, I'm just curious to see did you have did you know to go to a priest or did you go to yeah um, your parents what, what did you do after that experience yeah immediately I read the Bible Okay. And, okay. you know, it's interesting. I think I had tried in my past or in my teens or whatever, and I would like open the Bible and it just, I felt like I couldn't read it. Like the book was closed to me. It probably was because my heart was closed, you know, mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to open my heart to receive the word. But now it was like the Bible was alive because my heart was wide open. I was like, what happened to me? What was, I had no idea. I had no idea that God was going to use me or there's testimonies or witnesses. Like I had no idea. I just was so frightened and I wanted to love and I wanted to be who I was created to be and I didn't know how to do it. So I did read the Bible front to back in two months. Wow. I didn't have any formal training. I didn't know. Yeah, well, it was scary because the Old Testament, without understanding it in the light of the New Testament, is overwhelming. Um, but a lot of repentance, I think, happened even yes. reading it in that way, although most people start with the Gospel of John or, you know, the New Testament. I think there was a beauty to that, mm -hmm. that I was going really, really deep into the heritage, you know, that we have as Christians. And 
asking the Holy Spirit to kind of guide that. And I got to the point of Jesus in the temple and I just kept, I kept getting kind of stuck there and pondering that he's listening to the teachers. And I'm like, where are these teachers? Because I was actually going to a non-denominational Christian church. Mm -hmm. I was singing in a band. I had an audition for the band. I had to sign a contract. I wow. loved being on stage. You know, I've been on stage since I'm five years old. So to me, it was like really fun. And you know, they had drums and electric guitar. And so, uh, but I didn't realize that I was the idol of worship. And when I look back at the church, not that, I mean, it, their Holy Spirit was there, yes. Mm -hmm. And really good people that I'm still friends with. but. There was no cross there. There was, you know, nothing that reminded me of a temple. And I was like, mm. where's the temple? Like, where's the, t I yes. just really need a, a true teacher at this moment. And I, through prayer, the whole, the Catholic church kept coming to mind. And so I was scared to go back. I had spent 12 years away from the church, but the first day I finally worked up the courage to go to daily mass and I walked in, it was like, uh, I felt at home, a it was again, peace. And I felt like, yeah, because, you know, mm -hmm. with, with my life and all I've been through, I think I feel like I suffer from like an orphan spirit a lot of times. And I feel alone. And we could share a little bit yes. more about that in a bit. And I think a lot of us feel like this loss of parenthood. Um, and so to walk into God our Father's house, you know, and have the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist without realizing what was going on, I was home. And the stained glass windows and the way the light sh that, that's shining through, it's like the light was already starting to break through my broken pieces. And um, I returned to the sacraments, I returned uh, to the Eucharist, and through that to confession. That's right. And then I did get a spiritual director immediately. So that was a five-month right. journey from this happening, two months to read the Bible, and then a three more months of getting the courage to go back yeah, to the right. church. And Were you um, yeah. still working in that time? So you still, had, you still yes. were the CEO of your cosmetic company? Yeah. You still have to do all that, and, and you're yeah. going through this sort of transformation. Yeah. <laughs> was that, were you like living a double life there? <laughs> what was that it, like? In it that was time? really difficult okay. because my cosmetic company, of all things, um, meant naughty in Italian. And now I've so had right. an encounter okay. with God, and I own a company that means naughty. And so to, to get around this, we're, we started changing the marketing to we're going to make naughty nice. Okay. How do you make naughty nice? You know, yeah. truth is truth, and you know, truth and love cannot be separated. Yes. And so it was really just so heavy on my conscience and my heart. I tried to change the name of the company, but everything was already in stamped packaging, and you know, I mean, it would have cost an exorbitant amount of money. And you know, I felt God calling me somewhere else. It was a three and a half year discernment. Yeah. This was not yeah. overnight. I'd never expected to be a speaker. I never expected to write a book. I just knew I wanted to love, and that I hadn't loved. And God gave me another chance. So um, I ended up closing the doors to my cosmetic company and walked away from my life savings. And I, I, I'm not crying over that. I'm crying full of joy yeah. because it was the best decision I ever made. Praise be to God. Well, there, there is, um, I love, that's how the book starts. You, you actually tell us about this. Then you go to a flash, you go back now in time. Yeah. And, and there was tragedy in the past and um, can we talk about that when you were when you were a young girl? Um, something tragic happened. Yeah. So you know these these master of the pieces is all mm -hmm. about how God puts us back together. And if we're honest with ourselves, we all have broken pieces. And mine may be a little different, but I think there's definite connection points to each and every one of us. So um, my bro first broken piece of many. And really, my we life. My, by the by, the time I got <laughs> yeah. to that mountaintop moment, I was smashed to pieces. Like they, it was like, how do you even distinguish the pieces to put them back together? Where do you start? I mean, we're talking wow. shattered, smashed. Like it seemed hopeless. 
Wow. But God can do the impossible, right? And so yes. the first fire of my life, of many fires, and we all have different fires in our life, um, was the tragic house fire at six years old. And uh, I woke up in the middle of the night to nearly half the house already gone and my father screaming uh, at the top of his lungs. The flames were so loud that you could barely hear him. And he's screaming, Joel, get out, get out. Um, and of all things, it was the advent wreath that somebody forgot to blow out. Christmas time. At Christmas time, a week before Christmas in New York. Oh, um, wow. And um, the, there was a live Christmas tree next to it. So it didn't take long, I think. You know, they speculate for the whole house to just be aflamed. And so I, I followed the, my father's voice, this clouds of black smoke, and I finally like found my way to him. I jumped into his arms and um, clutched onto him for dear life. And he carried me through the flames of the hallway. And I always think this part is very interesting. I wasn't burned. I don't know how we made it through this fire and we weren't burned. Um, but he was trying to get to my sister Maria's door, and Maria was 11 at the time, and um, it was surrounded by flames, and he's just like wildly, just like trying to get to her, and his arms were getting all burnt up. Like, you know, he couldn't even get through the door because it was so, you know, inflamed. And to get out, there were cellar stairs right next to that, and there was a walkout basement, and he literally threw me down the stairs. My feet actually never even touched the ground. Now, six, I'm six years old. I told all the news reporters this, and, and my mom and everyone, because I was like, I don't know what happened. It must have been my guardian angel. Halfway down, it was like this cloud of peace just carried me to the bottom. And I stood there, you know, and I was like, oh my goodness. But then I got scared to go to the neighbors by myself, especially in the middle of the night, six years old. And I asked my dad to come out with me. And so he takes me outside. He um, says, go get help at the neighbors, and then he runs back in. And I'm just staring, you know, standing on the corner outside my house, like, do I go get help or, like, do I go save my father? Because I saw he, there's no way he mm. was getting anywhere to get to my sister, and he would have died trying. Like, I think even the encounter when I look back at the love of a father mm -hmm. and how much he just wanted to get to her is very passionate. It gives me a glimpse of God the Father in that moment. Um, but I did run back into the burning house and got him out. And I think, you know, he secretly, he blamed himself for this, but also I think secretly blamed me for getting him out for years um, because the pain of all this was just too much. So we eventually got the fire department on the phone. They get to the scene. My father's trying to get back to us because he knows where she is. And he's screaming, my baby's in there, my baby's in there. And again, like, I'm thinking she's 11 years old, but that's his baby. And, yeah. and he's drenching himself with an ice-cold hose. He doesn't have on the proper gear to go running into a house fire. There's broken glass all over the ground. Again, broken pieces. He doesn't care. He's just trying to get to her. Mm -hmm. And the firemen and the neighbors are all, like, holding him back. Um, luckily, they finally found her. They're throwing dolls at the house. They're searching for a baby. And they finally found Maria. And she was um, very angelic looking. I have to say, she had blonde mm -hmm. hair, blue eyes, very fair skin. She was much taller than me. Like, she was just truly, and just like pink cheeks. She just looked like a little angel. And um, she was not burned, but she was not like barely breathing. And so they rushed her to the ER. They rushed me and my father to the ER. And I'll never forget you know, because we had smoke inhalation, my dad had burns all over and he's all bandaged up. And we're just in this hospital room waiting to find out about her. And I'm praying, you know, I was a really prayerful little girl. And you could see St. Mary's Church from our house, like the priest came over all the time. I was super prayerful and just believed in God. So I knew like he can do this. And I just yeah. prayed and, um, you know, please Lord, let her make it. And the doctor came in. So I thought maybe my prayer is going to be answered. And the doctor said, unfortunately, um, her heart gave out. They had it they got it beating again and then it just stopped. And so at that moment when they said she didn't make it, 
again, my father is in the room and he comes running over to me with, I mean, just this passion that I can't even explain and clutched mm. onto me for dear life now. And he's weeping and he's wailing and he's screaming in pain. And so, I mean, I just lost my sister, but now I didn't realize I knew something really even bigger than that happened. I ended up losing everything, my whole family, you know. Uh, for sure, my, my house, my clothes, my toys, you know, anything I knew, like, left yeah. burnt down to the ground. But, but my to but this. but my sister and my yeah. now my parents and my whole family was just devastated by this, and uh, my father, you know, he turned to alcoholism. My mother uh, ended up depressed and ended up even having to go to a mental home for a while to deal she, with this loss. She wasn't loss. there that night, was she? No, was she, she blamed yeah. herself for not being home. She was out at a play rehearsal, okay. and. Um, you know, and my parents both, my father has recently passed, but they both knew that I'm sharing this and have given their permission, yeah. you know, to yeah. share the, the truth of, uh, and it's in the book, and the reality of my childhood, because it, it was uh, pretty tragic. But I, I don't judge them, because I can't imagine the loss. And, and now, you know, despite all that's happened, I can look back at it at another angle and just see the love that's in the heart. You know, yes. but when these things happen to us, we have a choice. Do we make? You know, we all have had some sort of house fire, where something got burnt down to the ground before. Whether it's the a broken dream, the loss of a relationship, it could be at the loss of a loved one, mm -hmm. uh, a job that didn't work out, like something that didn't go as we were planned, or we feel that emptiness or that hopelessness, or like like life feels like it's over. And so um, it's like when we have these fires in our life, what do we do? And so I wish I could tell you my story was I turned to God and I was perfect, you know, and um, that's not. But the beauty that God brings from the ashes when we do surrender is huge. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, many people experience loss in different ways. I mean, I, yeah. I, I can't imagine, you know, losing a sister to tragedy like that at a, at a time like that during Christmas. And then, yeah, and, and your parents, what they had to go through uh, for the rest of their lives. But yeah, your, your, your father has recently passed, not that long ago, a few months yeah. ago. Um, and so we, we, we continue to pray for this soul. Our faith teaches us, you know, yes. life doesn't end on earth. It, we just continue. And, yeah. and so uh, that's a beautiful thing about our faith. Um, and he did get anointed and, you know, I got to pray God. over him and forgive him. And, yeah. you know, and, um, Very powerful. and I do believe in God's mercy. So I know he's at least Absolutely. in purgatory. And, and yeah. you know what? That's the salvation of souls is a real thing. Yes. And we thank God. So how did, what was it like growing up then uh, after that tragedy? It's hard to imagine. <laughs> you were only six years old. Yeah. You know, teenage years. What was, uh, did, did, were you angry with God? What, would, what happened to your faith and at what point did you, you said you were away for the church for 12 years so yeah do you remember when you sort of was it did yeah. it, was it that moment when, when did you turn away from the church so right after the fire you know seeing that I've just lost everything including mm. my whole family to this grief um, it was my seventh birthday three months later so I remember this very clearly it's our birthday right we get a birthday wish yes. and I knew that God could raise the dead I heard about it in religious education and so I knew what I was going to ask for for my birthday and I was so excited you know that childlike hope and faith like oh today's the day like I can finally get what I want and have her back and so I had nothing to offer to God because I lost everything in the house fire but people had donated dolls to me and one of the dolls was my sister Maria's it was saved from the house fire and I had like black burn marks on it and it had a musty smell but it was my treasure Wow. So I gave God my treasures, these donated dolls, Maria's doll, and I laid them out on my bed without realizing it was like this altar of sacrifice. Like, Lord, I will give you everything I have. Like, here you go. You can have my dolls. Like, that's it. 
if you just bring her back. And I put them in the size and shape of Maria. And I prayed over the dolls, and I just said, Laura, please raise her. And like, I'm staring, and I'm waiting for them to come to life, and nothing happens. So I'm like, okay, I'm a little stubborn Italian girl. Let's try this again. <laughs> I prayed again, and nothing happened. And then um, I tried a third time. I was starting to, to doubt a little bit. And I asked God to raise her, and I just remember staring at the dolls, like, like really wanting them to come to life. And when nothing happened, I thought, wow, you must not love me. Because if you loved me, you would have done what I asked you to because you have the power to do this. And so back then, I didn't understand, you know, he did raise her, just not in the way that I could understand. That, yeah. So it was at that moment that I thought God didn't love me. I disconnected my full mind to him, which was prayer. I still prayed, but now it was like I'm in charge. Like, I don't really trust you, Lord, so I'm going to ask you for things, and I'm going to kind of put you back on the shelf when I'm done. And I just lost that childlike you know, faith. And I, I was really a very prayerful little girl. Like I had just such a deep connection to God at such a young age. So I really, really believed and knew he could do this. Wow. And um, you felt let down. I felt really let down. I felt like he didn't wow. love me. Yeah. So you, or didn't care. You remember clearly. That you was it. Away. That wow. was it. Yeah. I still went to church, um, you know, obviously with my parents. I was forced to go on Sundays, but uh, I just, it wasn't the God that I believed in. I didn't think he really cared about me or cared about my suffering. And I think we all do that, right? Like, mm -hmm. I'll, I encounter a lot of people, especially in ministry, that say, like, why me? Why now? Why this? Like, where were you, Lord? <laughs> where it's were you? That's yeah. Right. And um, it's not that he desires these bad things to happen to us. It's just that we live in a broken world, and they do. And we have that choice, you know, at that moment. Do we cling to him and unite our crosses, you know, and see the resurrection in our lives? Or do we let the fire destroy us? And I just let the fire destroy me. I got caught up in the world and sin, checking boxes, you know, hiding behind characters since I've been acting yeah. since I was five. My mother, um, because she was at the theater the night that this happened, she decided she had to open a theater company and throw her, her whole life into the theater. And she wow. blamed herself. It wasn't right or true, um, but to earn her love and affection, I had to perform and, and try to earn her love. And so I would go to be, I was in a lot of her plays. I auditioned yeah. and went to Manhattan and had, you know, wow. top acting teachers and voice teachers and started booking my own jobs, a million agents, and just trying wow. to find my identity by hiding behind the life of a character. And a lot of times it was like the sweet, innocent, ingenue character that had the perfect life. That I loved to play that so I could pretend. Um, but there was a moment when I played a very dark character, and it's in the book. I, it, we just okay. don't have time yeah. for it today, but um, I made a mistake that I wish I didn't. Um, but again, another fire, and, and um, God somehow carried me through, wow. even God. if I couldn't see it <laughs> at the time. It, yeah. well, it's, it's clearly being with you, um, just hearing you this week and hearing you now and reading the book. Um, it's, it doesn't end this way. It, it, there's, a great, there's a great outcome yes. <laughs> yes. when you come back. And, Praise um, God. Can we... I have to, well, coming back to then that um, turning point, mm -hmm. that I can't help think uh, or stop thinking about that prayer you had. You said you prayed for the first time yeah. in 12 years. Um, and how true that is. I remember praying for the first time to Jesus in my encounter. Yeah. And, and there is a difference between just rattling off um, our fathers and Hail Marys yes. without any meaning, without just, just saying them and not thinking about them. Mm -hmm. Then actually turning to the Lord and saying, "Help yes. me, yeah. help me, I need you," and that's your real prayer. Um, then everything changed. Yeah, um, you did. A resurrection did happen. Yes, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so 
um, this is what, what's so exciting, that God, it's not over. And these broken pieces are being um, healed piece by piece, as you described. What was life like um, after that? So you, you gave us five months. Um, can we come back to there? Uh, sure. Um, and by the way, just, just so you know, in, in your career, I mean, everything seemed to be lined up for you perfectly as a, an actress, having a mother in the, in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, it was almost like that was your destiny. And, yeah. But uh, God has, that, that he's fulfilled that in a new way. So it, new actually, way. you are actually still using your gifts and talents. But it's now it's all for the Lord. <laughs> yeah. So we've got to get to all this. Um, yeah. So tell us uh, after that. So you've now, uh, you've accepted your faith. You've read the Bible like a couple yeah. of times. You're, yeah. What was formation like? Can I just ask there, uh, where, where did sure. you turn to? So you've got the Bible. You knew to go to, back to church. Mm -hmm. um, got a spiritual director. Mm -hmm. You knew your grandmother was praying for you. Yeah. Tell us about all this because I think this is yeah. going to be the, I guess the, the ingredients, uh, the antidote, the, the, the secret to how do we help others who have fallen away to come back. Um, yeah. This would be powerful. And, and it's, it's a long process, you yeah. know, like yeah. I said, this happened 11 years ago and I've been in ministry for seven years, yeah. um, but it's still evolving. And so I think just being patient with the process and, mm -hmm. and how God wants to lead us, he's going to lead all of us a little bit differently. Yeah. But uh, what for me, it was coming back to the church, back to the sacraments. I got a spiritual director, a priest. I have to tell you, I thought that acting and modeling and everything I did was so evil because I had used it for things okay. that weren't good or glorifying God. I actually made vows to never go on camera again and never go on stage again, which is funny because uh, <laughs> yes, totally. that was it was always my calling. It was just not glorifying God, but I didn't know mm. these things could be used for good. I never planned on speaking. I sat in the pews for two years, oh. not sharing my story with anyone, only friends and family and, and um, a priest knew what happened. I didn't know people share testimonies. I didn't know. I mean, obviously the enemy knew that mm. this happens, but I had no idea that people actually do this kind of thing. And so I, I experienced extreme spiritual warfare, uh, especially at my return to the sacraments. I share about that in the book. Um, what do you mean by that? Just, just yeah. what, what is spiritual warfare so, for those who don't know? So my first confession back, I gave 12 years of sin to the priest, that poor priest. I mean, this paper was just filled up. And mm -hmm. he, when I left there, he said, I just want you to know that Jesus forgives and forgets. But when you leave here, the enemy's gonna tell you that you're not forgiven. And I said, oh, okay, I didn't know what he meant, what, like what that was going to look like. And just as he, he predicted, I got home and that whole week, I just felt like that was too easy. Like God just forgives and forgets, like it's over. I could just start new. And um, the enemy really, I would say for me, and he, you will use different means for all people, sure. but he attacks the identity. Um, it was self-condemnation. It was like, well, there's no way God could ever use me or forgive me. I'm not good enough. Um, you know, I'm too far lost for saving, and but that's not the gospel message, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's actually a that's sin right. to think that he wouldn't save us after what he paid the price on the cross. A sin against the Holy Spirit. Yes, yeah. yeah. And so I went yeah. back a week later and went to confess that I didn't feel forgiven and I knew that was wrong. And mm -hmm. I had another miraculous encounter with the Lord that is in the book um, where Jesus appeared to me. But I, it took me 10 years to share that publicly. Wow. I shared it on EWTN, uh, I think okay. last year. Okay. Um, but I, again- And it is in the book. It is in the okay. book, the yeah. Book and and, it, and again, it wasn't again because I was special. It was I was in this moment of just severe pain and I started crying out, Abba, Abba. Not even, I hadn't even remember those words since I was a little girl singing it, Abba, Father, in church. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know Romans eight fifteen that, you know, the spirit of adoption cries out, Abba, Father, yes. within us. 
But it was the words Abba, Abba opened the Father's heart for just this other encounter where um, I was flooded with peace and grace and it was like all the darkness I was suffering walked out of the room. Now that doesn't mean uh, I haven't experienced spiritual warfare since, I, was, I wish I could tell you that, but uh, we, till the day we die, the enemy wants to keep us from God's plan. So God has a plan for you and the enemy's plan is to take you from God's plan. But the enemy has no power other than what we give him. So when we buy into the lies and we buy into the fears and we lose our source of identity and our belt of truth and we don't know scripture, that increases spiritual warfare in our lives. But when we can start to look at it, St. Padre Pio said the enemy's like a dog on a chain, you know. He, yes. he can bark, but he can't bite you. Don't let him too close, you know. And so um, I had to really grow in that. I had to go to, I went to adoration a lot. I would ask the Lord, like, who do you say I am? I would memorize the scriptures. I went to Bible studies, you know, I took uh, the Bible timeline. Great I took all, study. yeah, it's a one. great study, <laughs> yeah. you know, and um, obviously I read the Bible, I read the catechism. Um, I started serving. I was in, started in music ministry. I left the church okay. I was singing at. I started singing in church. I left. What was the, that like? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was it was so much different. It was really pure. But again, I still uh, I would say I was still like not confident and a little yeah. insecure. I started hiding behind the pillars. Like, am I supposed to sing? Like, I didn't know you could use your gifts for God's glory. And um, and then yeah. I was asked something happened there, and I was asked to then be a spiritual chair of a mom's group. And I thought. I had to pray out loud with people, which I do all the time now, but I remember the first time I was like, you want me to pray out loud with people? I didn't know how to do that. So um, God was just stretching me and growing me. And then I ended up uh, working at an evangelization retreat. And then um, I was actually serving um, homeless youth for four years, even when I had the cosmetic company, trying to teach them uh, interview makeup. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I started, the messaging started turning towards God. And so the Lord eventually uh, did, after I closed the doors to my cosmetic company, in that three and a half year discernment did call me into full-time ministry with no job whatsoever, um, but he provided. And then I became a director of high school youth ministry and confirmation, like I'm teaching a sacrament. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute, there's a model and actress teaching our kids faith formation. But it was part of also my training, you know, and I got mm -hmm. to deal with the youth. I got to get into what the struggles are in, in the world. And a lot of that is in Master of the Pieces because as I was dealing with their broken pieces, mine started to pop up and the Lord started to purify those memories. So I think for the reader as well, uh, you know, anything from even middle school, high school, I mean, I go through the whole thing, you know, into yes. adulthood, the things we carry with us that God still wants to purify is incredible. And then, you know, I was speaking on the weekends at the youth events and that's where I really, I just, wow. I'm, I'm a speaker and I love it. And um, then the Lord started calling me to share my testimony. Now this is years in and I, now I'm, you know, at an event where they want me to speak and give a keynote, but I'm also bringing a youth group. And so I had to pray about what the greater good was and, um, you know, make cool, another, so. yeah, another uh, decision. And, and I'm glad I did. It was, again, yeah, not an right. easy decision. This was all in the book. There was a lot I suffered and um, had to give up again to just start anew. And God just blesses it. So I think the, the key is that when we're doing something not in our own power, in our own strength, but when we start to walk in the identity as children of God and realize that He has a plan, and we take those risks not on our own accord, but for Him, mm, amen. It, you know, the ripple Changes effect everything. of love is so much bigger. And, and it's not about money, it's not about fame, it's not about glamour, it really is about the salvation of souls and finding purpose. And that's where we find our joy and our happiness within. And so you can have those things, you know, but it is if you're not using it for good, you're always gonna feel like something's missing inside. Yeah, wow, thank you for sharing. I, I, I'm, I'm just thinking of, there's, a, there's a, a famous saying about 
our, our, our next great thing. What, what the biggest obstacle to the next great thing is the current good thing. I can't help <laughs> thinking that. You were happy in the youth ministry. You were happy there. Yeah. Um, and you were doing great work there. Um, but God was calling you to more again, the next yeah. great thing, the next great thing. Now that continues to develop because yeah. you're not just now speaking. <laughs> Uh, he was not singing, which is another talent yeah. that I discovered. <laughs> um, but you're, you go back into acting. Yeah. So, so even when I was at the parish, yes. it was interesting because like they would come in one day and the priest was like, can you dress up as St. Therese today and be St. Therese? Because they all knew <laughs> I was an actress, you know, and I loved it. And, you know, for me, it was like I, I just put on the costume and I just, I'm not saying I'm St. Therese, please. I would never <laughs> compare myself to a saint, but I just, I come alive inside and it, you know, brought me so much joy. So I started praying to the Lord, do you want me to go back into acting? You know, what is this, what, are, what is this new burning and this new mm. fire in my heart? And even one day this woman walked in while I'm praying this and she's like oh my friend's producing a Catholic film and she's like connecting me with a producer and she goes oh and by the way can we have this uh, event going on at the parish you know can you mm. play this one character here's a script and so it's the little, little god winks where I was like yeah. could this really be used for good you know and then what happened is you know through prayer and then COVID hit, all my speaking events got canceled and so yes. now I had a lot of time to pray and I said Lord what do you want me to do? And he led me through watching. I had like nine independent films I was in and all my acting classes and on-camera classes. And I'm watching and I realized the Holy Spirit showed me this is part of what I was created for. And unfortunately, I left that world for many reasons, but I always walked around not feeling good enough because of things that were said to me. You know those words that stick to us. Mm. But now with God in my life, the Holy Spirit was like, wow, you actually did a good job. You could do this, you know? And I, and I, it's not that I felt adequate, it was that I knew I wasn't walking alone anymore. And so the Lord inspired me to create a film called Fully Known about identity in Christ and about that encounter where I saw my life flash before my eyes. And I thought, again, I thought this is a crazy thing, but it was so inspired that I felt like if I didn't give birth to this, it's like, like it, had to, it had to come out of my heart, you know? And so Fully Known, uh, I gave again everything I had to have this film made in the middle of COVID with nothing going on and knowing the results were in God's hands. Yes. And the film ended up in the top Christian film festivals around the world. People flew in from Australia, from all over the world wow. to come here with 24 nominations, four wins, and I won two Best Actress Awards for the glory of God, <laughs> you know? Thank and I found you. myself, I gave away a lot of my gowns, by the way, <laughs> and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm back on the red carpet. I don't have, <laughs> I still have a few, but yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, so God was using your gifts, your talents to glorify him. So fully known, it is yeah. a story about your story, isn't it? Is it, it a movie part of it. So the part okay. about like where she sees her life flash before yeah. her eyes and in that conversion moment. Yeah. yeah wow. and, and then so, you know, that lit a fire in my heart and then God resurrected. I was a TV host for ABC years ago. Yeah. He resurrected that. It's all in the book. So I'm not going to give it all away, but <laughs> I ended up now I'm a TV host uh, for Shalom World yes. for Beyond the Vision, faith-based film and interview celebrities and public figures uh, for the glory of God and Amazing. yeah. You were also on Shalom World recently um, not as a host but as a guest. Yes, Mar for Mary, Mary my, my Mother. mother. What yeah. was that show about? What was that? Yeah, I mean it, a lot of it was about the, my conversion story and the rosary okay. and especially the power of my grandmother's prayers. Wow. I share a lot about uh, how her four rosaries a day saved me and then um, you know how I got to Give that yeah, gift back uh, to her at the hour yeah, of her make, death. Make sure what, go to Shalom World and watch that. Marry My Mother. I highly recommend watching it. I think it's a powerful episode and for free. And people can, there's so much now in the Catholic media world, EWTN yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I remember uh, watching your, the episode you were on Journey Home, Life on the Rock, Jim and Joy. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, so you've, you've, you're now in the Catholic scene. <laughs> you're now out there presenting. Um, but during COVID, uh, yeah. not only were you in films, there is another exciting film um, yes. coming out at some point. But could we, could we give a little insight about what just yes. happened recently? Yeah. And so, again, you know, as God is resurrecting the dreams that I thought were smashed to pieces, yeah. you know, he, his dream was even bigger than I could have ever dreamed. God, I think the problem is we don't ask him for enough when mm. we, so I've learned to just be like, okay, here's my desire, <laughs> you know, I'll present to you, but you let it be what you want. And so I went to prayer to Our Lady of Schoenstatt Shrine yeah. to ask the Lord if he wanted me to go more back into acting and what the next project would be. And as I pulled into the shrine, I got a text message about a film about the Eucharist and Eucharistic miracles. And I said, you know, if I was interested in being connected with the director and possibly being part of the film. And I, did, I didn't hesitate. I'm like, <laughs> yes, because they don't know that I'm going there to pray about this very thing. Mm. And I walked into the shrine and I remember asking Our Lady, you know, I said, please pray to God, you know, and ask him to inspire the director for the role that he wants me to play, whatever God wants, you know, and I'm thinking I'm going to be like a fly on the wall, you know, <laughs> or Mary Magdalene or maybe Veronica or something. I just didn't know. What, what it was going to come to. And uh, believe it or not, the director was inspired to ask me to play the role of Our Lady, a dream I did not ever dare to dream. And um, it was, I say, I never, I didn't play the role of Our Lady. I had to pray the role of Our Lady. Wow. So, Beautiful. Yeah. This is exciting uh, because it's, I remember seeing the, um, I think it was a GoFundMe or some type of campaign trying to raise money mm -hmm. for this new documentary on Eucharistic Miracles. Yes. I had no idea there was this acting element to it and, and, and you know, your feature. Yeah. yeah, it's a docudrama. Yeah. And so wow. it has, you know, theologians in it and Scott Hahn is in yeah, it fantastic. and Father Donald Calloway, Father Donald Calloway is yes. in it. And um, Blessed Carlo Cudis mom is in it. Wow. And helping out wow. with the film. She's been really providential, I would say, in helping spread the word. So that's, the what's the title well. of that? Uh, so it, the new ti working title is The New Manna. The New Manna. Okay. Yeah. And, Can people I, see any of any samples online? There's a, yes, online there's a beautiful trailer. It's really okay. well done. And amazing director and producers and writer. Uh, we've been very, very blessed to have a talented team. So, wow. I mean, the trailer is incredible. And, mm -hmm. you know, I got to be in the live action parts and the Passion of the Christ. And I think being here, even during Lent, um, mm -hmm. this Lent, I'll never look at Lent or Holy Week the same ever again in my whole life to have experienced and, and oh. been a part of that what, why on so? set. Why do you say that? Um, it was very real to me in those moments, especially being at the foot of the cross. I mean, there yeah. it was very real. And we're in mm -hmm. the middle of the desert, you know, literally kneeling on rocks. I mean, everything was very real and very painful mm -hmm. <laughs> in different ways oh. of the filming. But um, I really believe like that was my son on the cross. I, I don't know how to explain it, but um, I got to a place in prayer um, where it was so real. I had a hard time letting it go. Uh, but I think the beauty of it is just to really, like when we really meditate on the passion of Christ and what he suffered and how mm -hmm. much he loved us, you know, I think it just strengthens our relationship with Absolutely. him. But, but, you know, the moral of the story too is, is he did all that but it's all about the resurrection. If he just mm -hmm. died and didn't you know, rise again, then there was no hope for any of us. Right. And so having that kind of like, you know what's gonna come of this and it is for a greater good, but the love of a mother and just you know the love of Jesus, it was a, just a really difficult thing to place in your heart and try to take in. And I don't think I'm ever going to um, unravel the role of Our Lady. It's gonna take a lifetime. 
what an honor. I mean, you experienced, because uh, most in acting, you have to enter into the character yeah. with, with most films that are made up about um, made up characters. This, you're knowing this is real, this is a historical event, and yeah. it's so integral to our, who we are, our identity as Christians. Yeah. Um, and then to, and the one that felt the pain, the suffering more than anyone would have been the mother of oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, and for you to then play that role, and wow, to have a taste of what she went through. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I struggled with it because I thought like, there's no way I could be her or play her. And so I was getting frustrated at one point thinking, I said, I'm just gonna be her lady for 10 minutes. You know, as an actor, you yeah. just wanna like, just dive into the role. And I couldn't get past 10 minutes without like my mind or something going somewhere it shouldn't have. And I was like, oh, this is impossible. And so I was feeling overwhelmed. And then finally I took it to prayer and I just felt like the Holy Spirit's like, don't look at what you can't do. Look mm. at where you connect, you know, and I'm super, I can be talkative, but I can be very contemplative too. And so I started realizing how much Our Lady pondered things and how she yes. brought everything to prayer and how when people hurt her, she would pray for them and see, you know, how much God loved them and that he had a purpose for them. So I started to try to look at where I could connect with her yes. and then bring that into my own life. So now I realize it's a huge honor versus like this thing I'm so scared <laughs> to do. And, um, and I, again, I, I say humbly like, I'll never be done playing or learning the, wow. how to try to be more like Our Lady, but what a great thing to even try yeah. to imitate. Absolutely. And, yeah. Wow, praise God. Now, of course, uh, the big project uh, that during COVID um, that allowed you to pour some time in, and it is this book. Yeah. Four years in the making. Um, yeah. First of all, you, so was the concept, when did the idea of writing the book first plant in your mind? When, when, when did that start? Yeah, it was, it was four years ago, four years. and a parishioner at where I was a youth minister was like, you have to do this. He like literally mm. forced me <laughs> to write people, this. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'll help you with the table yeah. of contents. Like, you have to do this. <laughs> like, it has to happen. And um, I just took it to prayer, took it to my spiritual director, and, and um, felt I felt an obligation to do it. And the, mm. to let go of it uh, wasn't easy either. I feel like God sent me here to the other side of the world yeah. <laughs> to say it's time to get it out there and to let it go. So I, I spent so many hours in prayer in adoration until I felt like there was nothing more to add or take away. And that, wow. um, you know, it's, when you read the book, it cost me a lot to, to write it interiorly. It was not easy. You had to relive. To relive it over and over, oh my goodness. Yeah. But by the end of the book, I, like I said, I felt stronger each time and more purified. And I pray that it does that for the reader. And um, I felt like it got to the point where I feel relieved because this doesn't belong to me and it belongs to God. And I think we forget yeah. that sometimes. And so it wasn't for me to hold on to anymore. And I'm glad I didn't release it two years earlier because God was still resurrecting things. And our, our story's never finished, but at some point I had yeah. to finish the book. <laughs> Maybe. I'm glad we were talking yeah. just a few months ago. Um, yeah. It was, I'm so glad you were able to get it in time <laughs> in, yeah. in March as well. The significance for your birthday, but the significance of the anniversary of your encounter and all these yes, other things. and Lent. Meant, meant yeah. to be, this is providence. It is <laughs> divine providence. And, and the people that have come out already on the tour and the hearts that I've met and, and you know. Oh, yes. And you know, I'm a big fan of yours in Prusia, oh, like to, to come out We're here and see the, see the work that you're doing. Um, and I'm not just saying that to say like, it's, it's huge for me as well. And I think that we have to remember, it's not like I'm out on my own or you're out on your own or the people watching this are out on their own, but we are family. Yeah, and absolutely. that is what I have encountered here on the tour. It's not yeah. like somebody coming up to me that I don't know. I feel like I know everybody. Yeah, it yeah. is this feeling of that we, we, we have a place that we belong. 
Um, maybe we have felt like we haven't. Like I said, there's definitely this loss of identity in the culture and the world, and sometimes in our own hearts, are feeling like an orphan, yeah. or like nobody understands us, nobody loves us. You know, who? How could God forgive us? We sometimes we seek His presence in such an earthly way, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and He's just so above that. So to see actually Him working, awesome. I mean, the Holy Spirit has been so powerful on this tour. Um, to see Him working through so many people and um, and through Perusia, I'm. Very impressed. Yeah, praise God. Yeah. Well, well as we we're, we're coming to the end here, but I, I want I want the viewers and listeners just to understand the type of book this is, just just, just structurally. So it is thirty-two chapters, but it's got three parts. Yes. Can you describe that? Well, why did you do that? Three. There's part one, part two, and part three. Yeah. Well, within part, this book, part one is kind of the flashback of how did I get to that very breaking point, you know, this mountaintop moment. And then part two goes into all the broken pieces that led up to there. Each chapter is a broken piece that we can all identify with. There's grief, there's loss, rejections, betrayals, mm. broken dreams, everything we've all been through. And at the end of each chapter is a picking up the pieces section where the reader can reflect yes. on how, what broken piece do they have in their life and how to give it to God. Uh, as well as a prayer that goes along with that broken piece. And then part three is master of the pieces, you know, the restored pieces yes. of how, how did God heal me and how can he heal the reader, again, with more reflection questions and prayers. And in the appendix, there's um, a who am I section. Really, again, this whole book is really about identity in Christ because even Jesus in the desert when he was tempted, it was all about his identity. When we're tempted, no matter what the apples are in our life, it's all about our identity. The enemy is actually so scared of us. It's true. He's scared because That's he could see yeah, he could see our potential. And if he can just yeah. chip away at our identity, whether it's little broken pieces at a time or huge chunks, he wants us to be walking in the identity of we're not good enough. We can't do this. God doesn't love us. As soon as we find out that we're redeemed, Yes. And we become empowered by the Holy Spirit and God is on our side and wants the best for us and we start to fill our good columns and love. Mm -hmm. He's terrified. Because we can't see it most of the time. Most of the time, we don't feel like we could do anything. Of course, we can't on our own, but through Christ, we could do all things. That's right. But the enemy is really smart. He could see it. He knew that I would be here giving a testimony. I didn't <laughs> know. I just let that warfare you know, weigh on me until I knew how to surrender it to God. And so whatever, you don't have to be in ministry. You don't have to be an actress. You don't have to be a speaker. Like We're a ministry as Christians everywhere we yes. go. That's and right. our identity is constantly under attack. And so to me, this is a book on like truly being empowered on who you're called to be and what your purpose is in life so that you're not getting knocked down anymore and you're actually happy and bringing that joy into the world. The fires don't go away. Yeah. But in Christ, you know, we overcome them. We, we let him carry us through the flames and then we're not burned. Wow. Well said. I have to say, uh, what, this is not um, just a testimony about you, uh, autobiography, but it has lessons and the way you turn to the reader and the way... I hope people are experiencing right now in this interview, just the way that you are on fire for the Lord in a good way. <laughs> you are you are in love with Him um, and and His church, and and you you're aware of the battle. You're aware of the of, oh, yeah. of, of it all, and that you're you're really in tune there. You know your prayer life, your um, your formation is it's been rock solid. It seems. Uh, oh, I, I so. forgot one important thing. Please. I did spend four years at the with the secular order of Descal's Carmelites. Oh, <laughs> so well, getting this go. actress this, and model that God led there, yeah. and what was that, that journey like? <laughs> that journey is in the book as well. I think well, when I first what is showed that, up, for those who don't know, um, um, so it's a, it is a uh, religious order within yeah. the Catholic Church. Yeah. The nuns are cloistered. The friars travel and preach, but they live in a monastery. 
and the secular order, you know, it you can be married, you can be single, yeah. you, you know, you're just out in the world. But it's not a third order, it's not separate, it's actually part of the religious order. And I spent four years in formation and made my first promises of poverty, chastity, and obedience, which wow. per your state in life, it doesn't mean you can't have money, it's that you're detached okay. from it. Um, which, by the way, we're all supposed to be having vows like this, right. <laughs> no matter what our state is anyway. You don't need to join a religious order to follow the Bible, right, yes, and the commandments, right. and to try to live a pure that's life. So uh, but, you know, because of my speaking, I couldn't make the meetings anymore, so I'm no longer part of the order, but I still consider myself a Carmelite at heart, and, you know, mm -hmm. maybe we'll return one day and make final promises. But the thing is that, it, you know, we don't know what God is doing with us. Like when He sends us places, and, it, you know, these are just little stepping stones to Him putting those pieces back together. And when I was at the Carmelites, I saw what love really looked like because mm -hmm. love faces outward, love gives of oneself, and their charism is prayer. And they were like, well, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? And I was like, oh my goodness, all these people love me. They're praying for me. And then it made me want to pray for other people and to start give of myself more. And really, you know, it is when we give ourselves, we find ourselves. Yeah, amen. And, and um, I think that would, that's the biggest change in my life. I used to be all about me, and now I'm trying. I'm not saying there's no struggle against selfishness, or, you know, for our whole life we have this tug in our heart. But when you let God in, it's like you do want to give of yourself. You want to connect with people. You want to share the good news. And then you hope that they, you know, the ripple effect of love is so much bigger. Yeah, praise yeah. God. Um, what's your hope, I guess, uh, now that the book's out? The book is now out of perusiamedia.com yes. uh, in this part of the world, perusiamedia.com. On Amazon as well, those outside of the Asia-Pacific region, uh, please grab a copy. It's available right now. Um, it's, it's, it's an investment for your life. It's transformative. You've got reflection questions. You've got mm -hmm. prayers. Like I said, it, it, it really helps the reader transform, and that's what I love yeah. about the style. Um, very easy to read as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and short chapters, lots of short chapters, yes. which gives you, the, it, it's just really fulfilling <laughs> when you yes. read it. Um, yes. Yeah. So, and it's not small. I mean, we're talking 280 pages. 273. Uh, 270. Amazing. I mean, that's not a light read. That's, yeah. a, that's a real substantial amount. So, yeah. amazing work. Uh, master of the Pieces. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, thank you for thank doing you. this, uh, truly. Um, any plans in the future? What, what's next uh, to the book? Is there Okay, yeah. Well, and I just want to add on real quick that the book is great for an individual, and, yeah. I, and I recommend reading it not even just once. Just as I had it, as a, through the writing yeah. process, I had to read I it over that, and over yeah. and over again. I think every time you read it, the Holy Spirit will just go deeper into those wounds and into those broken pieces. So I recommend reading it as many times as you're inspired, oh. even if you have to step away from it for a, a bit and come back. I also think it makes a great Bible study. You know, yeah. one of the most fruitful things I've noticed is um, even at our, during the tour is when people start realizing they're not alone in their mm -hmm, suffering, mm -hmm. that we can come together and be wounded healers, you know, and uh, let God's light shine through those places, connect. I mean, it's a great thing for a Bible study, yeah. um, parish activity. So next will be the um, Kindle version, the audio right. version. There'll be a workbook uh, and like a more of a journal that goes Fantastic. along with it with scriptures that, so each, each wound has um, different lies associated with it, identity lies, and there's scriptures that go against those lies. So the workbook will have all the scriptures that go against the lies that wow. we're fighting. And, I love that. Yeah. It's thoroughly based. You got and a TV quotes. series, yeah. And, and that, I, I plan to too. do wow. also a Master of the Pieces TV series and possibly a video series. <laughs> well, it's, it really is so important 
that we let God go into these places and that, you know, our life here is short and we are called yeah. to love and we can't love until we start to allow him to go into these places and start having healthy relationships within ourselves with God and then bringing that out into the world and, and being a united church. Yeah. yeah, praise be to God. Yeah. Wow. Um, Master the Pieces, please do yourself a favor. Get a copy. Um, give it to family and friends. Read it. If you're, if you're seeing this podcast and it's still, it's Holy Week is coming up as well um, at the time of this recording. You could enter into the suffering and passion of Christ and turn it on yourself. How do you how do you suffer with our Lord joyfully? The way Joelle has, has turned her life around and heal each of those pieces. What a great time to start that, Thank because you. that at the, at the resurrection you can resurrect and and really have it be a new creation. Um, final thoughts, Joelle. You, you have a website, but if people yes. want to know more about you, what, what's that website? It's uh, www.joellemarin.com. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go to there. Um, but. I want to, we're out of time, but I want to give you the final say here. What, <laughs> what, what's the take-home message? I mean, we've, we've covered yeah. quite a lot. We've shared about your journey. The book's now out. What's a final sort of take-home now for those who are watching and listening? Sure. You know, I, I would say, again, we all have these fires in our life. We all have mm. these broken pieces. Um, but learning to start to raise our mind and our hearts above the fire. And I, love, I want to end on this quote with St. Joan of Arc. She was just surrounded by fire. You know, people betrayed her, the people closest to her that she trusted. Mm -hmm. But she kept her eyes on Jesus, even in the midst of those trials and sufferings. And she had a priest stand in front of her with a crucifix and said, hold the cross higher so I could see it through the flames. And, you know, a fire nearly took my life, but another fire saved it. I love that. Well, praise God. Yeah, praise God. Thank you. St. Joan of Arc, pray for us. Wow. Amen. Thank you very much for... (laughs) For doing this, uh, uh, yeah, it's a privilege to have you um, sit down and, and go through this uh, together. And I'm looking forward to the rest of the week ahead and, and yes. the event, the lives change. But we're yeah. praying for you and Marin Ministries and JoelleMarin.com website and everything you're yeah. doing, acting, writing, speaking, you're doing it all now. So Thank praise you. be to God. Please know of our prayers. Keep us in the prayers, uh, Perusia. And, and um, yeah. I've got a feeling this is not the end, it's only the beginning, and I think we're going to yeah. do a lot more together. Yes, <laughs> I feel that too. <laughs> and I'm just, like I said, I'm very grateful um, for all the work that you guys are doing for the kingdom. You have a, an amazing team here that I, you know, you can't see that through Zoom, and I don't <laughs> see the whole picture and all the people and all the talent. And so when you see people that are coming together for the kingdom and using their specific gifts and talents and graces, you, of course, but even the whole Perusia Media team yes. and the connection connections and the relationships that you're building and that like that sense of family uh, belonging and community like we're supposed to be as a church it mm-hmm. really you know that is going to set the world on fire Praise so, God. thank yeah. you what a privilege it's been to interview Joel Merrin um, please do yourself a favor get a copy today Mass of the Pieces available at perusiamedia.com and at Amazon if you want to be part of the Perusia family please sign up uh, to our email list uh, on our website perusiamedia.com put your email in and you'll get all the updates as well. Go to our YouTube channel, subscribe. We are releasing more and more free content on there. And if you're in a position to donate or support us financially, please consider doing that monthly or one-offs. That would be much appreciated. Help us expand this work and reach as many souls as possible. And if you can't, more importantly than donating is is prayer. So please pray for us, our ministry, our our work, because it's all about bringing people to God. Um, And I hope you have taken a lot out of this as I have. And, And until next time. God bless.